0: The Rigor Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Deschepsi for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world plus the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays it's me back with Warren Sharp deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary.
1: Uh a triple threat, we've got an episode of this evening. We're recording. Uh I'm Nora Franciati. I am with Stephen Ruiz, as always, but also Lindsay Jones. We are in uh the big Dorito Pyramid That's Hotel right. because Super Bowl week has started. It's been a weird day.
0: Been a, it's been a good day.
1: We just went through media night, saw all the stars, all the players were out, all the coaches. Um, Taylor Swift's boyfriend was there. Taylor Swift's boyfriend was there, and yeah, it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre collection of human beings who have all been brought to the same place for their own individual reasons.
0: Yeah, at a certain point, you kind of feel like I, I followed someone that asked a question that I, I can't remember what it was. It was ridiculous, but. I kind of feel bad about asking a normal football question after like someone asks him like, "What's your favorite uh, pizza topping?" and th- just catching them off guard. Like I, I asked Fred Warner a question, he just was not prepared for it at all, and I should have asked the, that question. Do you
1: like pineapple on pizza? Bit is very commonly invoked at media night. That's like that's a classic.
0: I actually asked Kyle Shanahan about that. No, no, I'm joking. I <laughs> did not do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stephen, you did ask Kyle Shanahan a very particular question though
0: yeah this was at the end of the night I had asked my serious questions and I asked Kyle Shanahan because he had named his son after Lil Wayne I'm a Lil Wayne fan and I asked him about the Carter 2 that's Lil Wayne's best album in my opinion and I've heard Kyle Shannon say the same I asked him for his favorite song on the album and he said let the beat build most Lil Wayne fans will know that was from the Carter 3 I was very disappointed in Kyle and I no longer consider him a great play caller I, I know, <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy was carrying him <laughs> Brock (laughs) is carrying him. uh, uh, Fraud watch? Oh, yeah. No, no, no watch. He's on the list. He's on the list.
1: I I do remember hearing Kyle Shannon tell tell a story about, like, and I think it was when he was in Washington. The details of this are probably wrong. So, you know, (laughs) don't ask Kyle Shannon about that. But he told some story about how there was one week where, like, all he did was he would just, like, watch film work on game plans and then listen to Lil Wayne in his car and like not sleep. And he thought he was like going crazy or something like that.
2: I feel like we learned a lot about the psyche of Kyle Shanahan.
1: The psyche of Kyle Shanahan is like one of my favorite topics. What did you, Lindsay, did you, were you in the Shanahan Scrum at all?
2: I spent a little bit of time there. I learned that his favorite Mexican food is enchiladas with green chili.
0: I saw that too. That's
2: very Colorado, Yeah, right? somebody, they specifically said what kind of chili. And I was like, say green, say green chili. And he said green chili, which is a very like Colorado, New Mexico thing. So I was, I was very happy that. that. Um, and he got very detailed about his pregame routine, which I learned the last thing he does before he like goes onto the field is trim his beard. Yes. Which, I don't know. I felt like I would, you know, maybe be worried about the game plan. I'm trying to
1: picture Kyle Shanahan after a game. And I do feel like he, like you've seen him post-game
2: with a little bit of five o'clock shadow. Maybe it's, it's I a, mean. It's very meticulous. It's, right, it's trimmed. It's not, okay. Yeah, no, I get it. Calculated. I get it. I get it. He like has to make it exactly how he wants. So, um, yeah, apparently a lot of facial hair things going on with the head coaches in this game. But it is, I mean, in all seriousness, it is like, it's a weird night. You can get football stuff out of it. If you're going there being like, I'm going to get everything I need to report all my stories this week, probably not the best place, but it is the official kickoff. I feel like I'm now in like the Super Bowl swing.
1: It is just every, and I mean, it's probably like... It's maybe very jarring to people for me to start this podcast being like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. But that is how I feel after every media night. It's just like, how is there a room every year, or usually a basketball arena, in this case, um, Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play and where the Super Bowl take place, where you get, I don't know, a heavy percentage of the NFL covering media then you get just like people for like e
2: News. You get the guy with the puppet. Then the blue man group is running around. Very heavy international media core. Heavy international
1: well. media presence. Um lot of like sponsor sort of adjacent people. Many kid reporters. Too many kid reporters. I'm gonna be honest.
0: They get to cut the line and ask the questions, So they're right. not even good like, questions. The kids, to be like, honest with, the kid with you, no, I'm kidding. Have
2: to be stopped. Do you know what was new this year that I don't recall being at other media days? Was the like other NFL podcast going out going around? It was like the Bussing with the Boys group, and then there was some uh, other. Pod, oh, oh, oh! And they they'd had be jackets. like, "What's your favorite NFL podcast?" They'd be like, "Yours, man. Great." And then they'd walk away, like. Cool. Great, great interactions so now. They there's should just make like,
1: them name it. If you can't name the
2: podcast,
1: because I bet some of those people were like, yours, and I had no idea what they were saying.
2: Kelsey did, Travis Kelsey did very clearly know the, uh, the bus yeah, he the boys Yeah, he knows. Um, but there were a couple others that you were like, I don't know, man. It's like, come on the Wolfman pod. And it was like, <laughs> or some guy who was just begging Travis Kelsey to do a TikTok with him. Saholic. He-
0: Speaking of, I got to ask <laughs> MVS about the Saholic tweet. This is very. This is the best thing I got all night. <laughs> I asked him, "Was that in your drafts before the game? Did you think of that before the game?" He said, "Nope." In the locker room, in the moment, I told him it was a banger, and he agreed.
1: Did he respond to that question in a way that makes you think that MVS does have a few bangers saved in the drafts?
0: Yes, he was. He was very proud of himself. Wow. I, I have to say, and he was very As pleased by be. the question. I agree. I agree. Be. That was a very good tweet.
2: So, was there anything like actually newsworthy? that came out of this Uh, well so the one the one Kyle Shanahan piece um
1: that I do think made some headlines is the 49ers are maybe not happy with the field um with their practice field at at UNLV although Shanahan was asked and said that he has no issue um continuing to practice on it and, and they'll do it and they'll be fine uh, Lindsay, you were our our representative at the Goodell press conference earlier today, where I f- believe that also came up. Yeah,
2: he was asked about it. He was asked about um a couple turf related issues, one having to do with like overall stadiums, and then um a two parter with. Are the Niners going to move and no longer practice at UNLV because they're very unhappy with it? And Roger made a very quick like quip, like, Oh, the, the brand new field that we installed there for them to practice on. Um, so it was kind of like a quick complaining. Your field is fine. And look, it's been very rainy here in Las Vegas. Um, I think there was, you know, a little bit of minor flooding on the strip. It's not been super pleasant. So. The grass fields are in a different condition, I think, than they normally would be. Um, we saw the, the playing surface when we were over at Allegiant Stadium. They covered it with a tarp this evening. So hopefully it we'll won't be overwatered like last year's field was. But, um, look, I think it was true that Kyle Shanahan was not happy with the condition of their practice field. Um, it would be very in character for Kyle Shanahan to be approaching a Super Bowl or a big game and being pretty uptight and wound up about, some things like that. I so, fussy. um, he's got to let it go, man. Just you know, he's
1: got he's got to get his he's got to get his Carter straight, right? And he's got to let it go. Just got,
0: he's just got to let it go. I have the numbers on the field. Apparently, NFL fields have to be at or below 100 G, which stands for units of gravity. Which sounds like something made up. It sounds like something I would make up if I was writing like a sci-fi movie. Wait. I'd be like, yeah, units of gravity.
1: The field has the field has gravity
0: yeah units of gravity apparently and it has to be below 100 according to the source the field is at 50 whereas the 49ers prefer 70
1: the field is on the ground
0: yeah i, I don't is know is it so
2: it's like at the squish level yeah, like the how much you level. sink I guess. In, yeah i guess yeah that, that's Cause all no i think that was no the complaint was that like the field was too soft
0: yeah it was too soft
1: i don't see where gravity comes it's into that that it's wearing powder
0: though. blue uniforms that's a callback from an a So
2: <laughs>
1: Nailed it. Um, beyond the the field stuff, I mean, Stephen, did anything stand out to you um, from players or coaches or any of the podiums?
0: No, the, like the most surprising thing to me was Eric Armstead. He, he didn't have a lot of reporters around him, but I asked him about the Chiefs run game and he, I think, was a little more candid than his coaches would want him to be. Oh! Like I asked him about uh, the Chiefs, run a lot of same-side runs from Shotgun, which is very unique in the league. And he, he talked about how unique it was. And he was like, yeah, but it's something we've been talking about all, all week long, and we've been preparing for it, and we're ready for it. And I was like, I don't think Kyle Shanahan wanted you to say that. <laughs> but that's like the, that was like the most football thing I got out of the, the questions I yeah, asked. Kyle
1: Shanahan might not have wanted him to say that, but, but we're very happy to hear it. I can't it. wait to tweet it out. <laughs> you and <at> MVS. <laughs> Love to get those Twitter fingers going.
0: Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets for this Super Bowl. I like the Chiefs getting the points. I also like Christian McCaffrey and Isaiah Pacheco overs. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but you can also place bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you're new to FanDuel, just join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets when you win your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com RingerNFL to sign up. That's FanDuel.com RingerNFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com.
1: So, Lindsay, uh, you brought up what Goodell said about the playing surface at UNLV. Steven and I were not invited to Roger Goodell's press conference. So should we set the
2: table about the the whole Roger Goodell Everyone's kerfuffle? mad. It became a really big thing. So... Look, I'm I've been covering this is my 14th Super Bowl week. It's going to be my 13th Super Bowl, which is important, obviously. It's Taylor so lucky, obviously. Number. Um, did you know that, Stephen?
0: I did.
1: Yes.
2: But so with there's been like a lot of different like iterations of the Roger Goodell like state of the NFL press conference. Media ice ice <laughs> extravaganza. And it was very weird that the big change this year is that was on Monday afternoon, about an hour, I guess technically it was two hours before the start of media night, um, and it very much felt like they were trying to hide him and that he was not going to be like made available to all the credentialed media, and he wasn't. It was a invitation only because they held it inside the Raiders locker room, so they had... <laughs>
1: That's also so weird. Wait, what? It was... Weird.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it was very odd. So it was, you know, we um there were about a hundred people there, and it was a lot of national reporters. It was people who like regularly cover the NFL league meetings. Um, there were we were I was doing a little counting of how many people there from different outlets. There were a couple people from ESPN, a couple people from The Athletic and Sports Illustrated, New York Times. Um, I think there were three NFL network reporters there. Um but it was like a fairly small room, and actually, the, I had never been in the Raiders' locker room before. And it's not a very big locker room. I thought with this like huge, fancy new stadium, the the Raiders would have this huge locker room. And it was not a huge space. And but they, you know, they kind of had it set up with chairs and a little, po- you know, a little riser. For, okay, uh, so he was a, he had a little podium. He had a little. It was kind of like just like a little raised stage, and then he they wasn't have like a, standing in front of like
1: Max the high Crosby's ground?
2: locker. No, yeah, there were no nameplates up. I was wondering if there were still like cigars around from the post McDaniel's celebrations. <laughs> they would cleared out the cigar smoke, um, but yeah, it was like kind of an you know it was a little more intimate. And look, over the last couple of years, there have been two smaller Roger Goodell press conferences. It was the 20, the Super Bowl in 2021, which was in Tampa, which was the big COVID impacted year when, you know, there were not that many of us that even covered that Super Bowl to begin with. And you had to be fully masked up and, uh, it was pre-vaccine. So it was like not even, you had to like take negative tests to be able to get in. And it was this very small group. And then two years ago in Los Angeles, where it was kind of the first, we're getting back to having some in-person access and that was on the, it was like at the NFL network, like turf field.
1: Right. And that was
2: also like, they limited attendance there, but also had like proof of vaccination and Omicron was everywhere. So re- wear your masks. And, um, but so they kind I think the NFL liked that smaller format. They went back to like the big press conference last year, um, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, but it just felt like the optics of it were bad, right? Like, they tried to spin it, and they tried. Their explanation was, "We want Roger Goodell, our commissioner, kicking off this week. We want him to be the first thing of Super Bowl week." And instead, what happened was, he talked, he answered questions for 45, 50 fifty-ish minutes, and then meeting night started. And like, that's it. Nobody's well, going to be talking about
1: right because they also have this whole event called Opening Night that they describe right. as the kickoff event yeah. of Super Bowl week, where the f- in Blue Man Group is running around. Implicit, I believe, in the presence of the Blue Man Group is that this is the kickoff yeah, event right, and Roger yeah. Goodell is not the kickoff event.
2: Yeah, I mean, it used to be that it was on Friday. When I first started covering Super Bowls, he was on Friday. And it was basically the only thing that happened was the big Roger Goodell press conference on Friday. And it was a big It was a big event. It was in a huge ballroom. Um, all of the networks would carry it live. Um... And it was, you know, it, it really felt like the the end of the week and then you were to the game. Um, and this very much felt like we don't want him to be making news. Right. And and like, look, there was not, I mean, there's been a lot of bad stuff that happens in this league on a regular basis, but there wasn't this like one big flashpoint. Like you, you guys have been to these before where, right. you know.
1: Where you know someone's going to ask the whatever. I mean, and, you know, and this isn't the most serious thing in the world, but like. I worked in New England for however many Super Bowls, and it was always just like, uh, there's like four or five reporters who every year the Patriots were in it, Goodell would get up there, and it was just like, who can say the meanest thing to Roger about deflate game? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everybody did that. (laughs) And it was an event.
2: And then there were years, I mean, the the Super Bowl that was in Atlanta came, you know, was two weeks after the... At the time, the worst officiating disaster with the um, the NFC Championship game with the Saints and the Rams and that no call. And it was just this like huge officiating right. crisis. There was the kind well, of the even, Ray Rice even, year.
1: And even in Atlanta, I mean, Goodell got some of the the questions about the halftime show because that was the year when... Was that J-
2: Justin Timberlake's year? No, that was Minnesota.
1: Was it Maroon 5? It was Maroon 5. It was. I Mar- blocked that one out. <laughs> it was when Maroon 5... Like in Atlanta, in Atlanta, yeah, didn't do a press conference because they were so afraid of what was going to be asked or potentially getting booed. And there were good questions at that, if I recall, about like, what are you going to do about the halftime show? And after that, that was when the Rock Nation partnership got started. And so, you know, again, like, we're not, that's not the most important question roger goodell has ever been asked but like there's
2: sort of interesting stuff and there were and there sometimes. were good questions asked today there were multiple questions asked about gambling and how the league went from 10 to 15 years ago being so anti-gambling you know tony Romo right. couldn't hold a fantasy football event here and roger goodell had been on the record 10 plus years ago about i mean the all of the horrible things that gambling could do and in the integrity of the game. And now, um, you know, clearly they're embracing a lot of aspects of gambling, certainly the money that, like, um, the gam- sports gambling industry has provided to the NFL. Um, so he got asked, asked a lot of questions about that. He got a number of questions about, um, diverse hiring, this, you know, the coaching cycle, the lack of black offensive coordinators that have gotten jobs during this cycle. Um, he got asked, um, a number of questions when we talked about the turf. Um, I mean, so he got a lot of like relevant, hard questions. It was more the idea of, and look, I'm on the, um, the executive board of the pro football writers of America. And there were a lot of people who were just wondering why this was not an event that was open to all credentialed media. And they always control who gets to ask questions. That has been the case as long as this happens. But it was just the idea that, like, if you cover a a local beat and there's stuff that's important to your beat if you're in whatever market you're in, you know, Buffalo or Philadelphia or anywhere, and you don't get the invite, then you don't get a chance to ask the question. And I think Roger Goodell likes to consider himself to be, like, available and a guy who's around and does a lot of media availability, but that, honestly, is just not the case. He does it at league meetings, and once a year at the Super Bowl, and they very much limited the the the, the people who were there. And by tomorrow, nobody's going to be talking about yeah. that press conference anymore.
0: Yeah, it, I feel like the timing after the Jim Trotter question last year it, that like feels like that had something to do with them putting it on Monday. Like the the concept of them wanting to kick off the the week with him instead of the players, like it's always been, just doesn't track with me right. that doesn't make any sense
2: right and the thing is like so we you know from like a pfwa kind of side and just you know that's what they're in the business like it was a big deal there was a lot of like who got invited who didn't get invited and a lot of it we just kept coming back to the league and saying it's like it's the optics of this it looks like you're trying to hide something it looks that you don't like you don't want roger goodell to be available but the problem is like and we were talking with us before we were Nora, like they don't care like this Super Bowl in six days is going to be the highest rated that they've ever had. They're going to make a gazillion dollars. They're going to, you know, they're not going to care that you can't get around on the strip. Like they're not going to care about any of this stuff. It's just, you know.
1: Yeah. The funny thing though is that like Goodell, from their perspective, is good in those sessions. Oh, they, yeah. It's not like he's never made a headline that annoys them, but he's good. He's he is a, he is tough to pin down.
2: Yeah he's really good at not actually answering questions and he will flip them pretty quickly or he will like avoid answering the meaty part of it to answer just the right. part that he wants
1: well, and you said this earlier like if you aren't perfectly precise and say exactly what you want to say or if one little detail isn't quite right he will latch on and he will he will just dismiss the entire premise so it's it's funny because he's he's actually very nimble in that kind of situation which to your point, it seems like it probably, unfortunately, comes at exactly zero cost to them. So what do they care? Put him on Monday. But it's not as though he's like weak in those situations where he is available to everybody, which is just makes it a little funny.
2: Oh, I will say there was one bit of news that came out of that press conference, which was very strategically planned. The NFL was ready. They had a press release ready to go. But they announced Roger to kind of just slipped it in, in the press conference that the first game in Brazil that they're going to have next year is going to be on Friday night of week one. So they are coming (laughs) for our entire calendar. Um, That is a traditionally like call, you know, they don't play on Friday nights and Saturdays during the fall because of college football and high school football, but they're moving it to South America so they can play uh, on a Friday night. So, Week one of next year, we're gonna have Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday night, Monday night. So hopefully Stephen will still be covering the NFL next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so we hopefully. can have,
0: have bonus pods on Friday night. They're really running out of ideas for this the opening weekend.
1: They're running out of days. There's, right. there's almost nothing left.
0: They're gonna create a new day. <laughs> that's what's coming up.
1: That's what the that's what the competition committee is getting up to this obviously. day. <laughs> <laughs> Take an eight-day weekly calendar there's gonna
0: be a uh, Carrie Underwood song (laughs) waiting all day (laughs) for Thursday night (laughs) this episode is brought to you by State Farm from your morning podcast to your fantasy team we know you personalize your entire day that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm personal price plan it offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to
2: you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little
1: other than media night stuff, wanted to just quickly recap because there were a few sort of coaching cycle um, and coordinator moves, including... uh, Stephen and I were talking about just this sort of weird fact pattern with the commanders hiring um, on our last pod, and some of that has resolved itself. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be offensive coordinator there, and there was the... um, the slow process of, of wrapping up whatever was happening with Eric Biannimi, but Dan Quinn has now said that he is not staying with the team. Obviously, this is happening at a stage in the cycle where a lot of positions are full. Um, and at least on a on a surface level, this seems like a pretty... Rough break for Beany, particularly after, you know, making that lateral move to go there so that he could have play calling, which was this thing that had been held against him and and head coaching. Um, Surges. So do you have a read on what's going on? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I
2: you know, I feel like when it was right about a year ago, it was like right after the Super Bowl last year. It was the week after the Super Bowl that Eric Beany left the Chiefs to take the job in Washington in the first place. And I remember hating the move at the time. It always felt like he was being held to a different standard. And I hated that he felt like he had to take that job and leave. Right. Because I think we all, it was pretty clear that like Ron Rivera was not in, didn't have great job security. Right. Like granted the, the the team sale and all that stuff was still in flux, but they hadn't been good for several years. They didn't have their quarterback situation settled. and you know, to go from coaching Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell, it's just, it's a huge difference. And he was going to be held to this very, very like almost probably unreasonable standard where it's this idea of like, you want to call plays? We want to see you call plays. And if you're not producing like a top five offense, then Oh, you're not good at it. We don't have to give you a job. And, and they weren't a very good offense um, for, for a lot of reasons. uh, A lot of which had to do with the talent at the quarterback position. Um, but it was just like a very weird, like the timing of it, you know, the way that entire search played out. Um, so it's, so it's not just that they've had this weirdness with the offensive coordinator hire this week. Um, it's that they're still like continuing to engage in this weird, like battle of, he said, he yeah. said and leaks and what happened with Ben Johnson. And it's like, it all just feels really, really weird.
1: I can't wait for Seth Wickersham and Don Van Natta to drop up. A forty-page expose on exactly who texted whom, when, about whether Ben Johnson was going to interview a second time with the commanders or whatever. It I want to see
0: the screenshot of the text. <laughs> like, was there an emoji at the end?
1: <laughs> did he use punctuation? Yeah. Did he say "That's fine"? Period.
0: But I, I really feel for enemy because, like, I, I went to that training camp a couple times, right. and it, they weren't trying to hide the fact that this was a, a role where he was eventually going to become the head coach. Like, Ron Rivera was like, I'm mentoring him. Like, I'm setting him up for this job. And just how, what he had to deal with in Kansas City. And then you get set up with this job where you think you're going to step into a head coaching job, finally. And then how it plays out. It's just, he's had the roughest, like, last four years, I would say. And he's had to deal with so much, like, ex- explanations for why he didn't get a job. And it's, it's been like, oh, he, he wasn't a good interview. Which kind of sounds familiar with Ben Johnson right now, and it's it's just rough. I don't I don't know what he's going to end up doing. he might have to go back to college. That's where he was before Kansas City, and that's that's sad. And he didn't even get to play his his best quarterback this year,
1: right? He was kind of justice forced
0: for to, Jacoby. Yeah, just I, I think he might have a job if Jacoby plays because I think that offense looks a lot better.
1: Or even if they had, I mean, again, just the whole thing with the commander search was so. You know, and it is this sort of new era where they're hoping to be a little bit more stable than they were under Dan Snyder. And now, obviously, that's a, is that a high bar. Is that a low bar? <laughs> it's a very low bar is, I guess, the right phrasing. But their first go of it has been pretty chaotic. And, and part of that, I mean, you know, it's a tough business and hurt feelings. There's a lot of executives and decision makers who aren't, worrying too much about that but people remember how you act in those situations and i do think some teams would give a little bit more thought to like let's let's get the timing in a way where it's at least wrapped up so this this guy can get another job or if we're not going to hire him if we're desperate to hire ben johnson or oh no just kidding we're not and we really don't like him actually um just the not figuring it out in time for him to just have a few more potential openings or just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was
2: weird though cuz there wasn't a whole lot of it, th- there was not a lot of like buzz out there reporting out there that like other teams were like super eager to to, yeah. to to hire him um and that he was like being requested for other jobs and was being blocked, you know, like you know like Ryan Nielsen in Atlanta like was initially being blocked but then he, they they finally let him do it. they let him go and let him go interview for jobs and got something else like there was none of that buzz out there mm-hmm. and that's what's kind of weird and like look i i wonder about the timing with Kansas City andy reed is a huge eric bienemy fan um has like you know gone to the wall for him has challenged privately in the like the owners meetings where it's head coach and owners you know man to man, why haven't you hired this guy? So I wonder if, you know, he might come, he could end up coming back to Kansas city at some point, or like Steven said, if going the college route, I live in Colorado and Eric Yanomi is a university of Colorado alum. There was always a lot of like smoke linking him to various CU jobs. If, um, at some point, if maybe he could wind up somehow coming, uh, coaching in college again, but, um, yeah, it's just like it I I don't know what happens now because he also didn't get a lot of interviews last cycle. Um right. so this time this time last year and it just sometimes happens like it just it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen for him now and you know for a lot of years he was the face of the NFL's like problem with diversity and diversity and hiring and you know I think this year there's a lot of like wins to celebrate in in a lot of ways there has been some progress um but the fact that Eric Biannimi is just at this point, I don't think he's ever going to get a head coaching job. And that's just unfortunate for him.
1: Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it seems like, it, you know, but because I agree with you last year, it was sort of like, all right, if, if the move to Washington is really what it's going to take to springboard him and get out from the Andy Reid shadow and, and check that box off, then sure, fine, go do it. But it felt, it just felt like he shouldn't have had to. Yeah, yeah right. And then for that to end in what feels like at this point even a step back from that, where you know it's not clear where he's going to go, is just annoying. He's really good at his job. Someone should hire this guy. And
0: Matt Nagy's going to get another head coaching job from the Chiefs OC position. It's going right. to be infuriating. Right.
2: right, Steven, Can I ask you a question about Cliff? And yeah. Since you so you live in the district, you I don't know if you was Caleb Williams like on your radar as like a stud high school player Not like, really. in he went D.C.? To this,
0: he went to the same high school as my grandfather, but no, I, I hadn't been following. Demessa. So is there... It was, it's outside of D.C. It's, it's probably like 25 minutes away from D.C. So now with Cliff
2: Kingsbury coming there, the Commanders have the second pick, which, you know, the Bears really get to dictate what's going to happen at number one, right. but it wouldn't be entirely cost prohibitive to potentially move up to number one. So right. do you think there's any...
1: Caleb Williams link, posted the, something on Instagram, right? When he yeah. got the job congratulating
2: him.
0: Yeah. I, 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 like a local angle, like they would pursue him because of that.
2: Yeah. Or just, and now the link that Cliff Kingsbury is now the OC there as well. Yeah, I can see that. And I think USC. it would make
0: sense. And I think it's like an easy win. Because like DeMatha, that's the high school you went to. DeMatha is like a big deal in that area. It's outside of DC, but it's like a very famous high school. And their, their sports program is very famous. So I'm sure there are a lot of people who he was on their radar. Maybe I wasn't, but uh, yeah. You're not grinding I, the I prep could, tape? I, no, I what wasn't grinding ball, the man? math tape. I'm sorry. I wasn't. Uh, but yeah, I could see that. And I think the 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 match makes sense. Like if you're going to hire a coach like Cliff, you should get a quarterback who can move around. We've seen that anywhere he's been. That's helped his offense. Uh, and the knock on Cliff is like, sometimes his passing game, how it's designed isn't very isn't too creative and you need a quarterback who can create after the fact because a lot of the time the receivers aren't getting open.
2: What do you think of Cliff plus Drake May? Or does this make a lot more sense as a
0: I think it still works because May's a good athlete. Like he was like a great basketball player, apparently. Uh he does a little bit of the zone read stuff. I don't think you want to major in it with him. Like I don't think you want to major in it with Caleb Williams either, but I I don't think May's more like a He's closer to Justin Herbert, where he has the athleticism, but he doesn't use it enough. And actually, I wouldn't say he doesn't use it enough, but he doesn't use it as much as Caleb Williams. He doesn't go off script, but he's more of like a robot in that sense. And I don't know how that's going to look in Cliff's offense. I don't think, I think you need a quarterback that helps the coach more than the other way around, which is how we talk about this stuff usually. And I don't, I wouldn't want to see Drake. I'm a big fan of Drake May's game, and I don't want to see him in Cliff's offense. I'll put it like that.
1: Dun dun dun. All right. There were a couple more that we were going to hit before we got out of here. Yeah, I was
2: looking. So there were there were a couple dominoes. So Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the Raiders offensive coordinator until that all fell apart. And now Luke Getze, the former Bears offensive coordinator, is going to be with in, in Las Vegas on Antonio Pierce's staff. Do you have any quick Luke Getze?
0: I have thoughts? no Getzy takes because like Justin Fields is such a <laughs> I don't want to say weird quarterback, but he's such a quarterback that changes everything you have to do that I don't know what he did in Chicago is going to translate to what he does with Aiden O'Connell or, who, whoever, or whoever ends up being quarterback.
2: Russell Wilson?
0: That might be like the Justin Fields <laughs> offense, actually, now that I think about it. but it yeah. Works. Uh, but I I, I like Getze. I think he... He showed that he 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 eventually got to the offense that worked for Justin Fields. There there was like a slow period, a slow start, but he figured things out. So I think he's got some stuff to him. Uh,
1: I believe you also have some Shane Bowen takes.
0: Now I have Shane Bowen takes for days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm a big Shane Bowen Giants fan. Giants
1: fans, listen up.
0: <laughs> I think he's he's the reason why the Titans overachieved as much as they did. And like it's always hard because they had a defensive minded head coach. You don't know, like, who's really controlling the game plan. Bowen was obviously the play caller. But, like, that was the most impressive thing about them outside of Derrick Henry just being a very big, fast man was how <laughs> well coached their defense was. And, like, they were on the forefront of all the stuff we talk about, like, as being cutting edge. Like, with Mike McDonald, for example, like, the, the simulated pressures, the creepers and all that stuff. too high stuff. They were ahead of the curve there.
2: Wow. All right, I have one more offensive coach question for you. Greg Roman, Jim Harbaugh, Justin Herbert, your thoughts?
0: Oh, man. I'm just happy they haven't said he's the OC yet. It's a, quote,
2: prominent role.
0: And they did that on purpose. I know they did that on purpose because the quote tweets, the replies to whenever they announced it would not have been kind to them. And those were just yours. Yeah, and that would have just been me. Stephen likely to tweet something that will get him fired. But it is it is good for my brand because if if he does become the OC, or he it does have a, a big hand in the offense, I could just blame it on him, like I did with Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
2: All right, maybe we call it there. I think I think that I think that works
1: well. It's been a joy to pod with you both, um, in inside our pyramid shaped
2: Las Vegas Dorito, Dorito. Hotel.
1: <laughs> Uh, This has been Dual Threat. Thank you to Lindsay Jones for joining us. Thanks Uh, for letting me crash. Love
0: having you. Thank you, Carrot Top.
1: Thank you, Carrot Top. Thank (laughs) Thank you you. to the Blue Man Group. Uh, Thank you, Steven, obviously, for for lending your thoughts. Um, We have so much stuff coming up. This week, it so is a Bowl week.
2: So much content. There
1: are just so many podcasts. They will be in this feed. Where you are right now is exactly where you will get them. Uh, Sheil Kapadia and Ben Solak, Stephen and I will be back. Shiel, Ben, Stephen, and myself are all going to get together uh, on Friday, I think, and do an episode that we're calling Extra Threat, right? I think. So just lots of fun stuff. Stay tuned for that. Thank you to on-location producer Christopher Sutton for his work on this episode with additional production supervision, also in person. <laughs>
2: Literally <Jim Naram-Gabal>. supervising.
1: <laughs> Literally so supervised. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1 800 NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 7777, or visit slash chat in Connecticut, 1 800 9 with it in Indiana, 1 800 522 4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1 877 770 STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY in New York.